This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up To The Point listeners? It is your boy, the most talented man in the world and super humble, Chris Yano. <laughs> How's that for a start? Oh my God. This is how you know I've had back-to-back-to-back meetings and way too much coffee. To the point, listeners, thanks for listening again, even though it's the shit show already. But hey, what's not a shit show is our guest. So I got a great guest who I met, gosh, it's probably been two weeks now, Ryan, at, at ACA. And you were on the pan- um, you were on the panel with... See, it was Brian Bovio, right? Um, did I say that right? Yeah. Brian Bovio yeah. um, and Ken Goodrich and Lee Rosenberg and Chris Hoffman, who's also been on the podcast. That guy is so sharp, man, Chris Hoffman. He um, is. I, I kind of felt <laughs> felt away trying to follow up anytime he spoke. Well, he's yeah, he's got it put together uh, pretty good. But you listen, like – You've got a good business, man. That's why you're on here. And I'm excited to share because, because, you know, I've, I've met so many people, um, you know, in the industry all these years. And anytime I hear kind of a unique story, that's got good growth behind it. I always want to share, I want our listeners to hear it. I mean, you, you, I mean, I know that you listen to the podcast as well. So thank you, but you kind of know, like you like to hear different things, like maybe one thing that you can potentially take away from the time you spent to listen to the podcast and implement to the business and make change. And so, um, you know, I think that you have some things to, well, I know you have some things that you can share. It's just your journey has been a little bit different because you're in the franchisee world. And so you are, um, what's your actual role? I know you, I know you hate titles, but like, what's the, are you vice president? That's what my business card says. Are you El Presidente? (laughs) You know, are you vice president? No, I, 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 so Titles are just that. I'm not a huge fan of them. I, I, at this point, I am the one of the owners of our operation. Uh, my father stepped aside kind of officially uh, about June of last year, July of last year. So I guess I would say owner, president. My father's still involved. Uh, we communicate a ton. Uh, he did this for 42 years. It would be kind of dumb not to bounce some, some shit off him. Uh, right? Absolutely. But, of course. <laughs> So I, I, you, the official title, I guess, vice president, president, I, I, I'm not, I, I just hate titles. Got it. Well, owner, we'll just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Resident badass. Um, okay. So, but you're one hour heating and air conditioning. And now you are originally in the Virginia beach, the beach area, but also you're in Nashville and now Pittsburgh, man. So you're like, you're making some moves. Yeah, uh, we entered, we've been in Virginia Beach, I mentioned 42 years, you know, my dad and my uncle started this operation uh, 42, yeah, going on three years ago, moved down here, they're up in Richmond, Virginia, about two hours north of us, and, and they really didn't want to compete um, with the gentleman who kind of taught them the trade, my dad, yeah, it wasn't for him, you know, sold some shoes, banking, somehow got into, I, I honestly couldn't tell you how he got into working at heating and air for a company up in Richmond. But when him and my uncle decided they wanted to uh, branch out on their own, they didn't want to compete, uh, found a, a place co- close to home, but not at home. So they moved down to Virginia Beach and 42 years later, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our thing. And now we've started it. We've been in Nashville for a little over four years. We've been in Pittsburgh a little over four months. And, uh, you know, we'll probably get into all that, but it, it's uh, quite a journey, something uh, 
you learn a lot along the way. Yeah. And that's what kind of we're getting into. So, um, and I'll, and I'll kind of pry into that a little bit more, but where do you guys sit at today? Like overall, between all three locations, like where your guys' revenue at? Uh, so between the three locations, we'll do, uh, I'm going to say approximately $35 million. Nice, man. Uh, Virginia Beach is what I call our flagship. Uh, that, that is the base of our operation. And that will account for um, yeah, about 20 million of that. And then the other two locations split that. Yeah. And they are works in progress, and uh, but but they remain profitable, and that is something that my dad taught me from day one. You pick your size, but if you're not making that that money, it doesn't matter how big you get. Yeah, you are. So to be a hundred million dollar company and not make a penny, you just put a lot of work in for nothing. Yeah, man, you are a for profit business. Um, so yeah, yeah. kind of important for you to put all that work into. That's it. an interview question. <laughs> I, I, we talk about kind of pillars of our business, and one of which is to make a profit. And my question is, uh, what do you call a business that doesn't make money? You only got two answers, nonprofit or out of business. And we're neither one of those. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> kind of that makes sense. Well, listen, uh, you guys are making money and you're doing an exceptional job. I mean, you're um, and we were just talking about this, but the largest one hour franchisee, right? It, that is correct. Um, you were right there on our Virginia Beach location alone. There, there's a great operation in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That is right about the same size, maybe a penny more. But when we add in our Nashville and Pittsburgh locations, uh, we, we do become the largest franchisee in the system. Oh, well, as soon as you get integrated with your boy here on the other end of the microphone, we will smoke <laughs> those guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and put Marvel Beach in, in, in the dust. Let's go. Let's go. And, but you know, what's also interesting is I, you know, I, I was, at, I think I, I think I, we were talking about this pre-podcast too, as I was at the Phoenix Suns game last night and, um, and man, the referees were crushing us in that first half and I was pissed. And there's one referee, there's, hold on. There's one ref. We're like, for every game that he's refed, we've lost every single one, like 42, 42 in a row of games that he's refed that the Suns have not won 42. So, you know, a little, a thing or two about refing basketball games. Don't you there, Ryan? (laughs) I do know a thing or two. Uh, I, I do referee college basketball, uh, Division One college basketball, and Division Two and Three. Um, so yeah, I, I my dad gives me all kinds of shit because I a and my wife does too because I watch basketball games to watch the referees, which my wife tells me is probably some sort of mental yeah, challenge that I have. And, and my dad says all I do is apologize for the ref. So we can be watching football game, basketball game, and I'm an apologist, but. Yeah, different perspective on those games. And uh, I don't know who, who called the game last night. Uh, I probably have an idea based on the 42 number. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it, you know, so it really goes back to the story of how I got where I'm at, which is, you know, I grew up, um, I loved sports. Sports were huge in my life. Uh, I played them. And I ended up settling on swimming. I, I was a uh, Division One swimmer at, um, you can see, Old behind the Old Dominion University. And – I love basketball. I love playing basketball, but if you've ever seen me, I'm <laughs> pushing about five ten. Uh, not exactly NBA material here. So uh, I played a lot of pickup basketball during our off season. Good friends with a ODU. I say basketball player. He he sat on the bench. Um, <laughs> he he really didn't get to play. But so I got to play a lot of pickup ball with those guys. And when I got out of college, I I'm watching an ODU basketball game. End up sitting next to a guy there to, I'll say scout, it was observe the, the referees. And we start talking and I end up working some junior varsity basketball. 
um, junior varsity girls basketball. I shattered my ACL my very first year. There were probably like eight, eight people in the entire arena, you know, gym, uh, I was about to say arena. And, uh, that, that, you know, it's kind of the journey, which is lasted. I'm, I'm in my 12th year of college or 12th year officiating ninth year in, uh, NCAA basketball. So you're a glutton for punishment. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Because yeah, yeah, hence uh, the heating and air conditioning business, right? Uh, <laughs> Your conditioning service, for it. Uh, employees. I mean, God, it, it's one and the same. <laughs> Good grief, man! Like, think of you can't even go to like kids' kids' youth games without parents destroying those poor re- young referees. Bro, and bro, oh the, that gosh. is the worst. Uh, you, there's not enough money you could pay me to do a 12 year old rec game. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I oh, guarantee you, right now, someone listening has is that parent on the sideline and you know who you are if you're listening right now stop being that parent okay those poor kids are making like yeah, 12 bucks out of a high school gym yeah i mean i listen like if my kids play you know sports and my daughter's like competitive soccer like state league team like the and i get i get irritated but if i was to yell one thing one the coach would shut me down and two she wouldn't talk to me the entire ride home <laughs> so I don't do those things. I used to be that guy, but um, I'm not, you know, anyway, moving on. So, Hey, congratulations man, on the success of the business too. I know you guys are second generation and, um, and I know that you have like these big, this big vision of building this thing out. And I love that, you know, as we're sitting on an, on a uh, mergers and acquisitions panel, which it, we asked other questions, but really that's what the panel was all about at ACA. Um, it was just you, the reason that you're on there is you have, I mean, you've, you've had success, so you've just kind of done it through this franchisee model which is unique. Um, and so I wanted to talk through those things, but a lot of the things that you're doing in the business to grow and scale it are no different than everybody else listening. that's trying to do the same thing. It's just that yeah. you, you actually have some like different like restraints, which is actually somewhat can be somewhat crippling for you too in your growth model, because you can't just do whatever you want to do in some instances. And that's gotta be weird. Like that would be an odd thing for me to deal with is to have somebody tell me I can't do something with my business. Yeah, it would be. And we are very fortunate. And this isn't a um, a sales job. Uh, we currently are our franchisor um, authority brands has been extremely um, easy overall to work with. And there are restrictions. There are things that we disagree on. But, uh, you know, the basis of authority brands is to grow in home service businesses. So I think they see that path. And it's something that we have aligned with them. Uh, they are backed by private equity. We have a right. minority stake. Our, our private equity group has minority stake. Um, so our relationship remains strong with them. So it's more navigation than it is being told no, right? We we have to work together. We have to figure out how, because what we do set precedents for future acquisitions, future groups that come into the system so that they are reluctant to give us, you know, that, that blank canvas or the green light on everything because who knows what down the line it might look like. So again, it's more navigation, more teamwork with those folks. Um, but yeah, it, it is challenges that some of the other folks that you've had on here talking about their mergers yeah. and acquisitions don't mm-hmm. have to deal with it. They, they yeah. identify a prospect, they go in, seize that opportunity and they start operating the way they want. There's a little more that we go through to get to that finish line. Yeah, sure. Well, and some of the benefits to it, like I, I, I can't, I think you and I talked about this, but we had on Heather McLeod, um, who's the CMO of Authority Brands. Gosh, I want to say it was in 2020, somewhere around there. And we were talking about like the franchise model and some of the pros that come along with that too. And that is a lot of things are vetted out, you know, and there's a lot of processes in place, a lot of trainings available. Like there's a lot of things that are available to kind of give you guardrails to be able to grow and scale the business. And, and 
they do have a brand like a pretty that they've spent millions and millions and millions of dollars growing and building. And so you got some immediate brand equity when you do it. So there are some pros to this thing, uh, you know, as well too. And clearly you make, you guys are having a lot of success with it. What was the choice? Was it your dad's choice to, to go that route? Like he was the one that made that decision to do that. Um, I remember when you said like, maybe take me to take us through like a, uh, just your, like how this thing worked, like all the way up from, you getting into the trades to today and like, you know, maybe what your dad had built that you walked into that type of stuff. So let's just talk about your story. Yeah. uh, You know, and and a lot of these are going to be names that you've had on the podcast, uh, people that have mentioned on, on the, to the point podcast. Uh, So my dad um, and my uncle started the business. I mentioned that uh, September 1st, 1979. I don't know if this is one of those old wives tales or something that has grown um, in lore over the years. My dad claims that their first day in business was uh, Labor Day. So they closed on their first day of business. You know, I I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the story he tells. I'm going to stick with it because it's funny. But, you know, they, they tell the story that they did anything to make a buck for probably 25 years. Um, you know, new construction, residential, commercial, if it could pay, because um, there were bills to pay. My dad put the house on the line to keep the business afloat a few times. And my dad says he was a schmo who didn't know, he knew heating and air, he didn't know business. business. Yep. And he got hooked up with uh, Jim Abrams, who's a very familiar name oh, on yeah. the podcast, and and his team. And over the years, you know, Terry Nicholson, who I know has been on, yep. um, Darren Dixon, and my dad credits those gentlemen with changing his life, his business life. They showed him what, how you made money during this. And it was something he did not know how to do. And he'll, he'll readily admit that my dad's a very smart man, took those teachings and put them into action. So yeah, uh, about 15, 16 years ago now, my dad and my uncle were trying to figure out their exit strategy. And Jim Abrams had a, a grand idea. This was the first wave of roll-ups before what we're experiencing today with those mergers and acquisitions. And we talked about on the ACA panel, Blue Dot, Blue Dot and all yep. those groups were coming into it. And Jim had a plan to take one hour in the franchise system public, bring it, uh, you know, an IPO to the market. And that was an exit strategy for my dad and my uncle. They, they were trying to figure out where they were going to go. I was 15, 16 years ago. This, well, I still probably am the dumbass uh, you know, kid, but I, I was really dumb then. And, you know, trying to figure out my way in end of high school and into college. So that was their exit strategy. They went through all the hoops, audits, et cetera. Um, my uncle kind of last second said, what do you think about buying me out? My dad said, sure, let's do it. But we've already committed to one hour. So we were in. And we were one of the, you know, I, I think one of the first handful of franchisees in the one hour system hitched our wagon to Jim Abrams, Terry Nicholson and crew. Um, I came aboard. I've been here. Whew, it'll be 14 years this summer. I was a journalism major at Old Dominion. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to be. I wanted to do newspaper. Uh, thank God that didn't yeah, work right. out. <laughs> you made a good decision. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, forced decision. Sports uh, has always been it. Um, sports journalism. I did work for the local ESPN radio affiliate. I did some high school football reporting, produced some. But I got a job with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Went to the, high, or to the uh, college, our student center. They were there for a job fair. I knew they hired college athletes. I love my parents. Didn't want to move home. After college, so I needed some money, needed some health insurance. So I took this job, um, worked a little part-time for ESPN, 
local. I, I always got to throw that in. I really, you work for ESPN. No, no, no. <laughs> local okay. affiliate and not, not the mothership. What year is this, Ryan? Uh, Ryan, what year is this? Uh, so I graduated college in 2005. So it's right about then. Okay. Yeah, because you asked my grandfather, you know, he told all his golfing buddies down in South Florida that I was on ESPN. And, you know, <laughs> so I would come down to visit him and, oh, you got a big celebrity. And <laughs> that wasn't the case. But, yeah, so I was with Enterprise and had a ton of fun. If you know anything about Enterprise, it is uh, they work you to death, um, minimal pay, but you learn a ton. And I made some great friends, met my wife, um, but some of my dearest friends to this day. And eventually you kind of tap, tap out, you, you cap out. Yep. So I didn't get a promotion I wanted. So what, what does any mature adult do? Throw a temper tantrum, right? <laughs> that's, that's what I did. I, I, I went and told him I was quitting. I was going to go work for daddy. And that's how it started. It, yeah. I've told people what a terrible life decision I made looking back on it for all the wrong reasons. It yeah. ended up being great as, you know, we've had some bumps along the way, but <laughs> Looking back, you know, you don't realize when you join family business, it's a life, lifelong commitment. You don't come and go most of the time. Hey, what's your dad's name? Todd. Todd. Chad, Todd. I don't know if Todd. he's ever, if he's ever going to listen to this, but if he does. Well done. If he could figure out how to get on a podcast, I'll be impressed. We're going to figure that out. I'm, okay. I accept the challenge. I accept the challenge. Does he have an, <laughs> does he have an iPhone? That he does. Uh, he, he's got the, you know, hunt and peck. Perfect. You know, then we got him. But he's got it. We got him and he's going to hear this. Okay, wonderful. Well, listen, you also have another skill. You know what that skill is? No. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> that, okay. That skill is, <laughs> I saw you in a pair of Lederhosen <laughs> in a commercial. <laughs> so who Ooh. knew you had such good talent in in front of the camera? Uh, who yeah, uh, talked you into be, that? Was that you? Well, we... Uh, uh, <laughs> that was in the early stages of my acting. Um, and I did not understand I could be a diva at that time. But I say that yesterday we filmed commercials. Um, we do it about every four months. We record three at a time uh, in a studio. And yesterday I held an African bullfrog. It is huge. It, it's so big. It can't jump. What's an African bull? I'm going to look it up right now. So, Back to leader hosen, yeah, uh, not exactly. It was meme worthy. It took less than about a minute of that being on air before my friends started just attacking. <laughs> no, it's pretty. Good. I I enjoy humor in like in the different videos. I mean, you guys have it right on on, on your website. Um, but I listen. Like I'm a big fan of of you know making fun and and, and humor and adding those types of things in and making things lighthearted. It was funny, man. Like it did its job. I mean. So, and your dad probably enjoyed so, it. So, you know, advertising, and this isn't, a, you know, all about our advertising, but Roy Williams, who a lot of people, you know, have heard about uh, Wizard of Ads, just a different marketing philosophy that a lot of people in our industry have oh, had yeah. great success utilizing, yep. talks about, you know, a few different things. One, the price of clarity can be a fence and that, you know, you, you have to be different. Hey, bless our industry, but how many times can you see a good looking technician shake a good looking mom's hand who's holding a baby? as they get out of a van and they smile. I mean, come on folks. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we got eight of them and yeah, I might be the idiot in Lederhosen, but they remember the idiot in Lederhosen more than shaking the, the, the mom's hand. Dude, I a hundred percent agree. I am, I, I am on your team in this. I mean, I, listen, I'm not afraid to rock the Lederhosen. I'd do it. I mean, 
If that, if it, I, I mean, wait a second, scratch that from the record. I see you guys down there making notes. So then now I got my team down there making notes. Um, anyhow, like oh, we're, the, we're trying to finish up working with you. That might be part of the deal. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't think so, dude. <laughs> You're not going to use that against me. Well, here's what I'm, what I'm getting at with that is. I do love the idea of, you know, thinking outside the box and doing different things to try and gain some sort of attention. I did a full on, um, I mean, gosh, I was, I don't remember, I don't know exactly when this particular episode is going to roll out while, as I'm recording it, but as it sits today, it's April 20th. And, um, and I just came off of like an eight and a half week stint of, you know, 23 different, 24 different destinations. And I think I did something like 16 different keynotes and presentations and, 10 podcasts and I don't even know what else I did, but, um, <laughs> the, the main thing I kept talking about quite a bit is this like the power of attention, you know, and, and, and getting attention and things like that. Cause it's incredibly important to the business, but it's around think outside the box, man. Like you do heating, and air conditioning or plumbing. It's not, it's not sexy, right? It's still not a sexy industry, but you can certainly have fun with it. Um, I mean, and, and you've been able to make it sexy in the way of it's a growing and a healthy business for you. So it's providing a phenomenal, um, you know, um, income for you guys and, and, an opportunity for your employees and, you know, and different career pathing opportunities for them and their families. So you're doing all the things right. Um, and I, and, and from my, my near conversations, like you kind of feel like you're still just getting started. I mean, but you're getting started sitting at, you know, in eight, you know, in, in eight figure, like you're not, this is fantastic. So I want to talk about some of the things that you've learned. And, and what I'm really interested in is because you didn't like you were a journalism major, who then went and worked at enterprise. So you, and even though your dad was in the industry, like you still kind of have your own philosophies and your own thought processes and your own things that you have implemented into the business that have been successful. So I want to talk through those things in hopes that we find some little nugget too, that maybe you've done that others haven't done. So what in this business, like, and maybe this moment hasn't hit yet because from what I heard you say, you graduated college in 2005, which means you're probably um, in your upper thirties. Is that fair? That is correct. Younger oh. than those 42 year olds that I speak Shut to. Shut it down. Um, I'm 42, but I look like I'm 25. Is that kind of pull off 25? 30? Can I pull off 30? Guys? <laughs> 35? God. 35. Rough crowd. Damn. Okay. It's the crow's feet and the gray hair. I blame it on uh, the heating and air conditioning <laughs> business, just so you know. But um, shit, I totally just lost my train of thought. What was I just saying? Damn it. Done a lot of. Different things took a different path. Oh to yeah, get yeah, there. yeah. Got to graduate. Okay, okay. Anyhow, see? yeah. Shit. See, that's where I'm at right now. I got sidetracked, um, and we will not edit that out for your pleasure. Um, so, <laughs> but I want to talk through. Like, was is there in this process? Was there a moment, like when something like it clicked? Like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, I understand how to scale this thing. Um, or has that moment happened yet? Or, or it could also be. Have there been multiple moments where you were like? Boom. I get it. Um, has that happened to you yet? And if so, like what, what were those? And, and, and maybe what did you like, what did you learn from it? Smartac.com, smartac.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. Smartac.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. You know, that, that's a 
a loaded question, a, a very good question, it. but one that, uh, you know, I think we do a lot of that in retrospect uh, to be able to look back and say, ah, that was the moment that led to X, Y, Z. So I, I don't know if I have those, especially I, I don't have that as far as the merger and acquisition. I, I continue to learn in that realm, but I do have nuggets and, and takeaways from stories where I usually that I made mistakes. Uh, that yeah. That is where the biggest learning moments came from. Um, and I'll share just one as an example, and this is more on the operation side, but, you know, I spent my time doing just about, I've done almost every task there is to do in the business. When I started here, I started on July 8th, um, Virginia beach, pretty hot and humid. Uh, I, I'm not a manual labor kind of guy. I washed cars and shirt and tie at enterprise. That's about the extent of it. So I started on July 8th in an attic that's, you know, 150, 160 degrees, and it uh, hats off to our entire industry, our team, our guys and girls that do this, but our industry as a whole, I mean, that is hard yeah. shit. It, yeah. it doesn't get the attention. We talk about the the roofers and the people on the blacktops. I'm telling you, doing those attics and hats off to every single one who listens to this, who does it, but it was hard stuff. And I, I worked my, I did that. I did a little bit of service maintenance. Um, then I came in and I took phone calls for probably five years. I was our main client care representative, taking phone calls, dispatching our technicians. And I grew up, uh, Bobby Knight for back to our basketball the reference, general. Bobby Knight, the, the general. And if you know anything about Bobby Knight, um, soft would not be the word. <laughs> Abrasive. Yeah. yeah. Angry. <laughs> Gra- Great. Grab you his happiest day. He grabbed you by your throat, right? Or, or by your shirt, the worst day by your throat. Or through a chair. And, and Bobby Knight was a hardcore. And that is how I was motivated. And it's so I thought when I started getting into, though I was never really promoted into any specific um, role, as I would take on a leadership role, I thought I tried to motivate people the way I wanted to be motivated. And that was Bobby Knight. That was, you know, you grab me by my throat and tell me I'm a effing idiot. It's only going to motivate me to prove you wrong and come back and tell you so. So, you know, we have a technician who's still with us today. He's been with us, I think, 17 years now. And one day I'm going to tell this story. He's going to hate it. But this is all Nextel days, right? So everybody can hear everything. And yeah, push to talk. He he calls in from a home. um, Only yet. Parents aren't home. It's only the, the daughter, teenage daughter. And keep my we're, we're trying to change some culture at the time. You know, our guys try to get out of calls too often, all that stuff we've heard before. So I was like, no, we need to run these calls. Yeah, I'm like, Jay, we got to run this call. He's like, no, she's only 17 or 16. I don't know, whatever it was. And my next response was, beep, beep. What, are you too tempted? <laughs> oh, no, I know where this Ooh. is going. Who? So in my mind, I'm thinking... Yeah, you challenged me. I'm going to answer that challenge. I'm going to go do that too. I'll collect revenue and I'm going to come back and throw that ticket right in your face. <laughs> well, about it, it wasn't too far actually from our office. About 20 minutes later, I hear his boots come stomping through our <laughs> office. He goes right into our service manager's office. He will not talk to me like that again. I thought I was motivating. And those are those moments when you start realizing how you motivate others isn't yeah, how how they want to be motivated. And that is the beginning of that leadership journey that I had to get on. And I went through the classes. Dale Carnegie was life-changing for me. Um, a, cool. Just a totally different perspective. I still uh, cite Dale Carnegie 
uh, to this day. And you have to open your mind. I hate the fuck, uh, excuse me, I hate the saying, uh, I am who I am. I like who I am, which I do. But for those people who are just stuck in the mud and not willing to change, your business isn't going to change. So I had to open my mind, realize there's different ways to do it. And I'm on that journey now as a leader, trying to get a little more hands off. Um, <laughs> I, I love uh, who is it, Rob Riggle? I think uh, in the National Car Rental Commercial. I'm not a control freak. I'm a control enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I am work. These are all things that we work through. So I, well, I have that moment, the aha. I think I will, but it will be after it happened, and come back to it and say that was the time. That was the beginning of whatever that journey was. So ironically, my entire leadership team right now is at the Dale Carnegie training this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. I, I did not know that. Did not. We didn't set that one. No, up, we did not. Yeah, and it, actually, it was, and I wanted to go. Um, I did want to go to, because uh, I agree with you. you like, I mean, you talk about the general, that's probably like the most extreme, like Bobby Knight's probably a super extreme, like, because he is, there's, I'll, I'll talk about leading by intimidation or leading by influence. And I'm certainly a leading by influence, like type of guy. Um, but if you don't know, you don't know, like you're going to go to whatever you feel like is naturally motivating, even though now that I've gotten to know you, you're actually not that at all. Like you, that's not the guy that I've, that I know is like, you don't strike me as an intimidating, like, you know, hard brash guy, like Bobby Knight threw a chair across the floor. And just so you know, I'm a Purdue guy. So I'm a big Purdue fan <laughs> and IU is our arch rival. However, I respect Bobby Knight. That guy's a beast. <laughs> so, um, but I love it. I had a swim I, coach. I had a swim coach turn swimming into a contact sport. <laughs> like he threw a rubber brick at people. Uh, this is when I'm 10, 11, 12. So when you talk about formidable years, it wasn't. <laughs> dod- you know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. You can, if dodge, you can dodge a rubber brick coming at you. As you swim. I, so uh, looking back, I might've had some a truly alcoholic tendencies in my swim coach, but it was somebody who I respected. <laughs> and so I watched Bob Knight and I watched, you know, this gentleman be my coach. And it, it was something that honestly I did. Uh, <laughs> that, that's how I was motivated. And I, I won't pretend that I'm not wired um, incorrectly at times. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, first off, great dodgeball reference. Um, loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, I, I admire that when someone can be self-aware enough to know that that um, you don't have the skill set to manage or lead people and that you needed to go and kind of seek that and you saw it and you got it through Dale Carnegie. There's lots of different things that you can do too. Like I also sent, um, you know, we, you kind of, um, you know, we were on stage with, with Goodrich and, and he supports this MAP consulting program, which we also sent one of our leadership, you know, one of my leadership guys, the president of the company to and he loved it. So there's so many different opportunities, but the point is, is that you recognize that you had a ceiling. Uh, in order for you to continue to grow and scale, you got to have good leadership and, and you yourself need to be a good leader. So you took action and you did something different. You did Dale Carnegie. And now you're referencing it all this time later. So, and um, I will also say to, to the point podcast got us to Ken Goodrich and map, which we have been a part of for about six to eight months now, because of, again, the ceiling, this isn't a plug for you know, map, which, right. you know, that, that's a, I think is a great program, but it was, we, we were in the market. We, we saw the, a ceiling for what we could do with our current leadership team. And we are not satisfied with where we're at. So we did have to seek outside help. No shame in that game. We do it all the time. You know, if you want to improve your golf game, you go to your local golf pro or, you want to um, lose some weight, you go to dietitian, personal trainer. So we saw the need to grow our business 
and, and we did seek outside help and uh, you know it is a plug I, I did hear about it through this podcast perfect and yeah some of ken's postings on his yeah. you know, personal facebook pages and um the facebook groups that he's part of but yeah you have to grow um if you're not growing in business you're dying that's right that's right if you're not getting better you're getting worse hey quick question for you so in your franchise in your franchise model um do they offer that kind of leadership training like does authority brands offer anything like that or do you know if of like if it's um does does any of them offer that type of training like not so much technical but leadership training yeah, so th they offer a great deal of communication training, especially for our field-level teammates. Um, our franchise system is still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. And us at you know, approximately $20 million, Myrtle Beach, you know, maybe a penny over that, we are the top of that food chain. And we know from our industry that is not the top. So their support level still is currently geared a little more towards the lower. Got it. Um yeah, dollar amounts, yep. but it does mean they, they have tried some leadership courses and we have attended them. And, you know, with anything, you get out of it what you want. Uh, I, we took, we've taken a nugget from probably almost every training we've ever been to, or at least I have, and I, I hope our team does. So, yeah, they have tried it. Um, I This is, map is an ongoing um, experience and it's something that yeah. that's why we have done it. But, yeah, our, the franchise system it, it surely tries and if they don't succeed, they're, they're try again. Yeah. Actually, it makes a lot of sense to, um, you, cause if you're the biggest in the room, you gotta go find another room. Um, cause <laughs> what are you going to learn? Like, and, and not that, you, not to say that you can't learn something, but like, I've heard that said time and time again on, you know, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you need to find another room. Um, and I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. And, and that's, what's kind of cool about this particular podcast. And one, thank you for like, you know, for, for saying that you, you, you heard the map thing on here and, and Ken does talk about it often. And, um, mm -hmm. but it's one of these things where it's like, I learned so much from this podcast. It's like my ongoing education because there's constantly things that I'm learning from some of the smartest people, like a lot of really thoughtful business owners, but it's not just straight business all the time. Like a lot of times it's just about how to improve myself. And, and I think that gets glossed over a lot because it sounds like people think it's like cliche or it's kind of cheesy to say, Oh, I need to go work on leadership training or work on myself. Um, no, a lot of times the ceiling in the business is you, you listening. And if you know, who you are, you're feeling that right now as I'm saying it. So change it up. Look for the same, some trainings. Like there's a lot of inexpensive options too that you can do. I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, my assumption is is that one, you either think I'm entertaining, or you think that there's education in this. And so you're taking the time one way or the other to listen to this. Why not take something away from it? You know, and implement it. And if for this particular podcast you take away that the, you need to go do some leadership training, um, it's not cheesy. Some of the best of the best all do it. Like. Tiger Woods still has a golf swing coach, you know? So, <laughs> so, well, um, <clears throat> we talk about kind of some mistakes and the things that we learned from it. And I like, I mean, everybody on here that's listening right now has made mistakes. And if you don't think you have, you're lying to yourself. Um, <laughs> everybody makes them. And then it's just that, what do you do with it? Right. And, 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 you, you know, you don't want to make the same mistake over and over again. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, learn from it. Otherwise it's a wasted experience, you know, and probably wasted money, you know? So yep. I know you've had some of these and, and, and you're, I mean, there's no way you get to the size that you are and it was a smooth sailing the entire way. So like, what are some of these, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that as one opportunity that you, that you had to learn. So I'm going to ask you about like, what's some mistakes that you have made in business that you guys um, had to kind of eat it 
and then you learned from it and grew from it because that certainly happens. Can you share a couple of those that maybe our listeners have not hit yet and that they can have an idea of maybe what's to come? I would be surprised, especially on the daily operation, the business operation, if somebody hasn't hit these, right? Because um, I, I keep quoting people that I hear at events. Yeah, Eric Knack from Isaacs um, talks about Robin Duplicate. Everybody's in the R&D department. R&D. Yes, Robin Duplicate. And, and so you know, our problems are very similar because we try and conduct our business similar to you know, the way we follow, the way that the people we admire, the businesses we follow. But, you know, our, our biggest mistake, especially currently, is we're in this position of holding on to our leadership team just a little too long. Um, we are big on relationship, um, forming relationships with our team. And, and we, we we struggle to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Um, the game yeah, there's a – yeah, Morris Jenkins um, has a book out, uh, you know, Jonathan Bancroft, who, who is, I believe, the son-in-law of uh, Mr. Jenkins. And they talk about one of the bigger injustices you can do to a teammate is uh, hold him too long. You think you're doing them a favor by keeping them on, seeing if you can develop them. And they say they know they're not going to make it. You know they're not going to make it. You know the end result. You might as well free up their future and let them get where they're going. So that is a mistake. But if we look at like mergers and acquisitions, I've got, you know, I don't think there's enough time in a podcast to go over the mistakes we have made, <laughs> things we have learned along the way. Um, yeah, some are as simple as, you know, we, we look to put additional capital into a business and we are equity partners who have been very good to us and, and we have a great relationship, but they offered to put some additional capital in. And I don't know why we never thought for a second that meant they got additional equity out of the deal. And so some of those things are, that's a big money mistake that we learned the absolute hard way. Ouch. 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 And some are as simple as, you know, uh, we went into our Nashville market with a plan to try and operate it remotely. Um, I, I'm, I have three kids. Uh, my oldest is nine. My youngest now is six. So rewind that five years. Uh, that puts us at about five, two and one. Oof. And I'm trying to travel um, out to Nashville every other weekend. <laughs> that was fine by me. I got some good sleep every other week, but my wife was not but so happy to be a single mother of three all of a sudden. So, you know, you learn those mistakes. And we, then we didn't try and get a general manager in place. We, we sent one of our teammates out, one of my best friends um, who knows our business. He's been here as long as I have. He knows our business inside and out. He was willing to go out to Nashville, which plug for the city. What a great place to have to go spend a couple couple weeks. Yeah, but to destroy he goes weather. out there to run it. And what we did, we didn't start looking for a general manager until he had everything in a great spot. So we lost a year because then you started to bring one in. So we learned these things as we go each and every time. So now we're in Pittsburgh. We had been there four months and uh, I, I picked up my new general manager from Pittsburgh today at the airport and he will be here for three weeks to train. You know, so we, we're, we're constantly learning from all of these mistakes and we will not be selling equity anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a shitty lesson to learn, by the way. Yes, it is. Damn. Well, you kind of mentioned this, and I, and I know that you are super passionate about what I'm going to ask next. But you kind of talk about how you had to. I mean, your you kind of your wife ended up kind of being a single mom there, taking care of the of the kids, and while you're out growing the business, this is something that's always interesting to me. That I really had to kind of put myself in check. Like I was just saying, I, I you know I've spent eight and a half weeks on the road. Um. And that's a long stint. So mm. I come home and I'm like, I'm home. I don't want to do anything. Like I'm taking a yeah. break as if 
my wife wasn't doing <laughs> anything. Like she wasn't busy too. Just cause I was traveling doesn't mean like actually it gets more difficult and, and she's the COO at Rhino. And so, I mean, her job is already incredibly busy. Um, and a lot of detail goes into a lot of, uh, you, you, I mean, you get it, but this, there's gotta be a good, you know, work-life balance. And I know you're a big believer on that, but wh- what is your take on, on work-life balance? To me, it is, it is extremely important for those who know me well enough to, to know that I'll take a red eye home to catch a kid's game, to take another flight back out because yeah, they're sure. only young once. Right. But I didn't do that in the beginning. Like I was just trying to work as hard as I could, but um, you know, and I just thought, well, the sacrifices, I have to miss a few things until I realize, like, that is not the human being that I am. That is not what I want to do is lose these years with these guys. So and it's such a short period of time overall. But I know you're a big believer in this work-life balance. Why don't you share with our listeners what your take is on that? So I actually think work-life balance is complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> I think it is a corporate buzzword. And I mean that, and I'm going to explain why. And we've had this discussion before and I know what you're saying. And we're kind of saying the same thing. We're going to say it a different way. But when you ever see work-life balance written out, it is work slash life balance. Not life work. Work hyphen life, which typically to me indicates you have to choose one or the other. I'm a firm believer and I swear I need to trademark this work plus life equals balance. It is my big pet peeve here um, with our team that work is part of life. Life is part of work. And what we have to do is find a way to find the balance in there. You, if you are a mother or father and your family depends on you to support them, work is a very integral part of what your whole family is about. It is okay to live your job and also be the world's best father, mother, mother, you know, aunt, uncle, you can do both of them. And that is what we try and I try and communicate to our leadership team is it is not a one or the other. If you're a leader on our team, you cannot say you care about your team. And because you're on vacation, turn your phone off. Now, doesn't mean you can't take vacation. We are all about, I, I am a firm believer that you need to recharge that battery. And what you need to do is ensure that your team knows who to communicate with in that event that you, you are on the beach disconnected. You cannot turn your phone off at night. If somebody gets arrested and they call you their manager, what a high compliment you have just received in life. And I don't get how you can say, well, the workday was nine to five. And my phone, you know, work-life balanced. This is wife time. I'm sorry. Work is part of life. Life is part of work. And what we have to do is strike that balance. So have somebody called you? To bail you out of jail? <laughs> to bail him out of jail? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I have been to uh, Virginia Beach's finest institution um, one time. Um, I spent the drive home on the phone with his mom. And what a compliment. <laughs> his mom? With his mom talking oh, about what, what are we going to do here? What does it mean? Uh, and what a compliment. He no longer works here. And he didn't work here much longer after that. But when the, hold on, do you think about it? That's funny. When you got nobody else to turn to, what does that say about the relationship you formed with your teammate? No, I understand. I, I see where you're going from. It is funny. I, yeah. I will share this. I have had a, a DUI before. Um, I actually got it right out of college, right after I got my criminal justice degree. That was a really very proud moment for my family. Um, Hey, good news is it turned into, it changed the trajectory of my life. Um, But yeah, I don't know why I just shared that, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I get what you're saying though. It is, it does feel good that that's, they came to you because you were the one that they 
trust. You're the one that was grounded. Like you're the one that believed in that could help them get out of the situation. And, and that might not be, I mean, as humiliating it is to probably call your mom. I had to call my mom when I got my DUI. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, and, that and was embarrassing. Circle it back to that work-life balance side, you know, not about who do you call when you get out of jail. It, it is <laughs> what, you know, what does it mean to be part of our team? And our team is a commitment to, you know, our pillars are, our goal is to serve the community, serve each other, um, and serve the company. And, and to serve each other, it means you have to come to work, but it also means that you have to have that balance that they know that, you know, if Chris isn't here today, that is the exception, not the mm -hmm. rule. And there is a balance point that he is trying to navigate right now. So it is an understanding amongst the team, but you, you have to, you, to use a map term, you have to have strategic alignment. Yeah. Everybody has to align mm -hmm. with what, what it means if Chris is out. If Chris is out every single week, there, there is something off on that. And that is where work-life balance, um, I, I think people just hang it up, just like the term customer service. We did it in the name of customer service. I am all for customer service, but not everything falls under that mantle. Um, it's not a get out of jail free card. You know, oh, in the name of customer service, in the name of work-life balance, it, they, they are very specific topics that have become extremely broad, I think. Interesting. So so work plus life equals balance. That's your that's your work, trademark. Work plus life <laughs> equals balance. Yeah, you know, Roy Williams, back to the Wizard of Ads, it says it's a, that minus the 0.0001% of the population, everybody else falls in this. You either are going to have an excess of time or money. You typically aren't going to be able to have both. That's good. So you give up a little bit of time to get money, meaning, uh, hey, your kids, you might have to rush to the soccer game instead of being home to get them dressed, yep. but you're still going to make it. But dad's going to have the money to send me to that travel soccer camp yep. that I need to go to. Or you have an excess of time, and that is fine if that's your prerogative. But that typically does come at the expense of of some financial, and you might have to tell your kid no once in a while. I can't go to travel soccer because hey, you know, we just don't have the money right now. Right, <clears throat> right. So I love this topic, by the way, of work-life balance um, because there's so much that can go into it. But also, part of it is one of the most difficult things that the contractors run into too is is employee retention, like, and how important of a role that plays in employee retention. Um, you know, from some of our conversations too. You know, I believe in the, um, you know, people, most people don't, you know, live to work. They, they're working to live. And, um, and to me, I can't remember who I was just talking about this yesterday and, um, or a couple of days ago. And it was that I, I actually, oh, I know what it was. I was actually up in Salt Lake City. I was visiting uh, White Hepworth, who's been on here before um, from Any Hour Group. And they mm -hmm. had flown my wife and I in to kind of come and check out the operation and a potential partnership and things like that. And, and I was talking with them about, um, just work to me is fun. So they made me take this color code test. And I took this color code <laughs> test, which by the way, just so you guys know, y'all, y'all be taking it too for too long. <clears throat> I'm talking to uh, um, my team, but what it does is <laughs> kind of says, you know, what some of your core tendencies are when you were even a child that you still have today as an adult. And, and it allows you to kind of understand how to work with those people, you know, and how they receive what you're telling them and all this kind of stuff like that. And I'm, I'm like a, I'm what a, I'm called a yellow purist, which when I don't, I'm, I'm not, don't, if you Google it, if you want to find out what that is, but basically everybody who listens to this podcast has an idea of who I am. I'm a very optimistic guy. Um, I set goals and I, 
hit my goals and I have fun along the way and I share things. I'm an empathetic guy. I love giving back. I love doing all these fun things, but I love work. I love it because to me, it, the building and the giving back and all these things is fun. It's what I enjoy doing. But my wife sits there and says, I love work too. I just don't love it 24 hours a day like Chris does. She has to have that time to shut down and not talk about work. Whereas me, like I could get up in the morning and have a cup of coffee and say, hey, you know, what about this? Because I'm excited about it. And she's like, nope, nope, don't talk to me for another hour about work. So there does have to be this balance, you know, into each their own. And, and for some people that want to come in, you know, from nine to five, that's okay. Like that, that's okay. Come in, do your job and those things. And it is what it is. Like not everybody is the same, but you got to have that because, you know, the reason that you are working is trying to create some sort of wealth and opportunity for yourself to go and do things fun, build your family, you know, go and, and buy things, whatever it is. Um, so anyway, like that whole topic is something I've, I've thought about for a long time and I'm just a big fan of you say work-life balance. I say life-work balance. <laughs> yeah. And, and none of these are new concepts, right? But no. you have uh -huh. to know what your teammates goals are, are what they are chasing after, because if they are chasing after a financial windfall of some sort, whether it's retirement, whether it's buying a house, taking those trips, you know, you, it is a different um, path that you lead down than somebody who wants to essentially find that Zen-like phase. Um, you know, there are people that will say, I want to spend time on my boat. I, I need to pay, have enough money that I can do that. That's it. So I, it's knowing your team. And these are not, again, earth shattering brand new nuggets to take away. You just have to figure out that way to know what each teammate, and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a company with three people or somebody with 200 people, you still have to have somebody within your organization yeah. that, that knows what direction your team's trying to go. Absolutely. I, I um, I want to do something because I don't know what are we about 45 minutes in 50 minutes, somewhere around there. Um, into the say about 50 minutes into the podcast. Sorry. It's gone so fast, super fast. Um, but you kind of lit up when you start talking about that. So I could tell it's passionate about you. I mean, and the <laughs> listeners can't see him unless they're watching the YouTube, um, the, the YouTube video portion of it and they can't see you, but you see like even your body language changed and, and how you were like talking to me. So I could tell you're super passionate about those things. Um, so whenever you like, let's just, let's just think, cause you're, you know, in your upper thirties now, you're going to go back. You're going to give you the younger version of you some good advice or anyone listening right now who might be not, maybe they're newer in business or even like a few years into the business. What advice would you give to somebody who's kind of just getting started? Like, is there something that you would say, man, I sure wish I'd have done this in the beginning to make it easier or paid attention to this in the beginning, like a couple of those nuggets that you can share. Yeah. Uh, check the ego. Check Ooh, the ego um, as early as you possibly can. Um, your ego I came from is not your amigo. Uh, yeah, amigo, Joker yes. Style. Shout out to uh, I, I've heard that one here once or twice. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was a, uh, I had a lot of success at Enterprise. I, I was lucky enough to be a division one swimmer, which I guess puts you in a certain level. I was never that good in the division one side of life, but so I, I've experienced a nice bit of success enterprise. I was, you know, top tier. They had a met, met, uh, metrics that they put out each and every month. And I tended to do very well when I started uh, top one, two in the area. So I came as a 20, you know, whatever, five or so year old to one hour to my dad's business. And I thought I knew it all. And I probably didn't check my ego um, 
I, I couldn't tell you the day, but it was probably a minimum of five years. And God only knows how much I missed out on learning or where that curve would be today um, if I had checked that earlier. And once I was able to do so, it doesn't mean you don't you give up your opinions, give up being part of the decision making process, but it does allow you to open your ears and eyes, your mind and listen. Um, the other thing is find a way to f- get a mentor of some sort, uh, another one. Do it as soon as you can. And that mentor can be somebody that is where you want to be. Somebody who's been where it, it, it can be all different things in business and life. Um, learn. Yeah. That's what a mentor is there for. But uh, these events such as, you know, ACA, uh, pick EGIA, anything, uh, next service round table, I, you know, no promotion for any one of them, but you go there and you learn from these people and you, I remember the very first time I went to an ACA event, I was still new to the industry and uh, Ray Isaac, uh, I still have a sheet in my desk, a sheet he handed out about a growth chart and how there's <laughs> plateaus um, along the way. It, it, these are things that my dad might've told me. <laughs> I'm not listening to that idiot, right? <laughs> I, I, but you hear the exact same words from somebody else and they stick with you. Yeah. So yeah, check the ego and learn, whether it's through a mentor, through organizations, Um reading uh i only read when i fly and i yeah me too yeah i, I should get better at that i, I do a lot of podcasts yeah. i'm in the morning self meditations but i i don't open the book and open the mind that's good yeah I, um so well first off yeah ray is ray is like they're isaac up in rochester right they're up in nor yeah upstate new york phenomenal company yep, isaac's <laughs> um and so i heard you say a couple things that i kind of want to close out with um and, you know I, I was also a college athlete and, and here's what I've looked at. Like, so if I'm even considering bringing somebody in too, because you talked a little bit about leader, we talked a little bit about leadership on this podcast is in order to be an athlete in college, there's a few things that you've got. And, um, one is you're a competitor because otherwise, why are you in a sport? If you're not trying to win the sport. Um, but you also have discipline because anytime you get into, um, that level of, uh, collegiate sports, your discipline has to be on point to, I mean, really, if you want to have any, any sort of success, like you've got to be so hyper-focused. So you have those two things in you already. Um, when you go into college and you're an athlete, you get an ego because now you're a collegiate bat. Like you're about, I happened to me too. It happened to me (laughs) too. And I was a little guy. So I was a little guy with a big ego and I wanted to fight everybody just to show them how badass I was and that I was like, I wasn't wasn't afraid (laughs) to, to fight, which is so stupid. Now I think about it. You know, I mean, I, but the problem is, is that I'll go, if I, I won't do this now because I'm a little bit out of shape. Say five years ago, I go play a pickup game of soccer and my intensity and competitiveness is the exact same. And I will fight you. I will fight you in this game. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I yeah. can't play competitive sports like that anywhere because I'm too competitive. I want to win. Um, I'm probably being a little bit extreme, but, um, yeah, but the point is, is that, you know, what I, re- what I loved about that is you recognize that, you, you know, you got to get rid of the ego. Um, there it's okay to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is a strength if it's used in the right way. I'm not saying you got to like talk about all your shortcomings and shit like that. I'm just saying like, it's okay to admit when you don't know something, there's actually a lot of strength in, in like, even think about this. We talked about Ken Goodrich. He still says he'll go into a room and sit in the front row and take notes. So the way he's constantly learning Ken Goodrich, half a billion dollars. They just, I mean, recapitalized ghetto for still trying to learn constantly. And, and Ken, for sure has had an ego and still kind of to some point does have an ego, but he's also aware enough to know to like, he doesn't let that disrupt his own personal growth. I think that's, that's a key ingredient. So 
My biggest takeaway. If I could have just done it sooner, um, you know, to the mistakes you made, I, I spent so long uh, back to the wanting to fight everyone, right? Maybe not a, a literal fight in the office setting, but wanting to prove just how smart, how badass I was. Um, Hey, I'm not just the owner son. I (laughs) look at what I got. And I spent more time fighting it than learning from it. So, uh, just check that ego and it. It's hard. Uh, You come from that environment where you were, everything is hyper-competitive and and you come in and you're trying to fit in and and find your way in the professional world. So just the quicker you can check the ego, uh, the better. Yeah, good for you, man. Well, I'll tell you what, like, well, congratulations on the success, man. Like, he, <laughs> you, you are, are in that top tier percentages of what people have not accomplished and won't accomplish. Um, and, and I think a lot of our listeners, you know, if, if they are to connect with you, can probably relate more to you than like even the 50, 100 million, you know, the, the big, big, big guys that come on here, because it's so hard to see that far down the road. And, and at least where you're at, there's some probably some benchmarks and some things that are a little bit closer to where they might, you know, they might hit versus, you know, some of the big players. So is there a way that if, uh, would you be okay if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or connect with you on anything that you would be able to share your contact info or would you rather them go through us and we connect them for you? No, nah, I'm more than happy to. I'm, I'm dumb millennial though. So I, I'm a text guy. More That's than, cool. <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> we can eventually set up a call, but come on, it's 2022. So yeah, I can give out my info if you want, if that's yeah. easiest. Yeah, totally up to you, man. Um, yeah, a cell phone, uh, area code 757-469-6923 is a text. Or we can do some email, uh, my name, all one word, no spaces, no dots. Ryan Kletz, K-L-E-T-Z, at onehourcomfort.com. All that spelled out, O-N-E-H-O-U-R, comfort.com. So, yeah, yeah, you can call. Uh, you'll probably leave a voicemail, and I'll read it um, from the transcription and then text you back but uh call text email but love to chat yeah because more than likely i'm gonna take as much from talking to somebody else as they're gonna get from me i i constantly learning i I, though hopefully we can share a nugget i i'm hoping to take some nuggets too none none of (laughs) it ain't free i'm trying to take some (laughs) stuff from you too yeah, no, that's good. I appreciate you offering that up to your cell phone. I mean, I get it. Listen, man, I have lots of conversations through text. You and I usually talk through text until like we hop on. Yep. <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> totally okay. Yep. Well, listen, congratulations to you. And if and if we did get your dad to listen to Todd and for what you guys have built and um and where it's <laughs> gonna go, I'm excited for for all of it for you guys and to and you know, and to potentially be a, a little a little part of the ride, you know. So I'm excited for for your growth plan. Um, but thanks, man. And 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 um and I always love when I can bring somebody on too that, you know, that has started to get a little bit of success and can start to see like the light at the end of the tunnel. And I don't necessarily know what the light at the end of the tunnel is for you. If it's like, you're trying to get this thing to a hundred million or whatever it is. But I think that, um, what you've, where you've gotten into a sweet spot is that you can be vulnerable enough to learn from other people. Like the fact that you're saying, Hey, call me so you can learn from me and I can learn from you kind of says a lot about who you are as a, as a human being. So um, I appreciate that about, about you. I mean, listen, my God, you had Jim Abrams and Terry, you know, and Darren, they, like some of these guys in your, like in the past have been a part of like these things that your dad, like in the blue dot days, like that is deep in the HP in the home services history <laughs> yeah. game, man. Like, so congratulations to you. And, and thanks for giving me the time to coming on here, man. I, I I'm grateful. And I'm, and I'm thankful that we got to meet at ACA. Like those are, you know, as exhausting as it is to travel that much, you know, when I'm in it, 
and I'm actually in, in like, I'm getting to speak and all that stuff. I pour everything I have into it. I'm able to connect with everybody and you and I are able to make a connection. So, so I'm grateful for that, man. Exactly. Always nuggets, always connections to be made. Never go there to be sold or sell somebody. But again, we, we come out with just a ton of info. So whether it's ACA or any other event, go out there, put yourself out there, learn from other people. Yeah, man. And I appreciate you having me. I, I, I've listened to this. I never honestly thought, I'd never even thought, considered myself coming on it, but I, I've listened to these things for uh, years at this point. Well, you know, well, thank you. Um, when I first thought about it was when we were legit, I'm like, I'm literally sitting on the stage listening to you respond to some of the MA questions on that panel in front of however many, you know, hundreds of people that were sitting in that room at ACA. And I was like, damn, this guy's, this guy's pretty smart. He has been saying some pretty smart things. And it was this franchise franchisee model that I know we have other franchisees that are listening to this too. And, and so maybe this has opened up your eyes like, Oh God, maybe I didn't even consider going down this path or whatever. Well, now you have a great, you know, source here that you can reach out to and, and ask, cause I bet you he's thought about the same thing and been through the same thing. So utilize yeah, it. Happy to share special on the franchisee side. Uh, you know, we, we didn't, we talked a little bit about it. It is a different model. Um, so if you do have questions about it, again, it's different. It's not right for everybody, just like nothing is, right? And there's no one size fits all. So yeah, any questions about anything, give, give me a shout, text, um, email, love chatting again. I appreciate being on as a guest. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it was bucket list, but it is some shit that Wait I never thought I, I would It is be. a bucket list. Take that back. <laughs> yes, it, yes, most definitely bucket Thank list. Thank you. Thank you, bucket yeah, list. there we go. <laughs> you want to know what? You, you, I don't think I ever even said Ryan's last name. When I introduced him, I think I just said Ryan. So I apologize, man. And uh, no worries. <laughs> There's not many klutzes out there. You're fine. <laughs> Such a klutz. All right. Listen, yeah. that was a really terrible dad joke and I apologize. All right. So, Hey, again, I appreciate you, man. I'm going to go ahead and finish this thing off with the review. Like I always do uh, listeners. And this one is from Jose Mina TX. Assuming that means Texas. Is that fair? Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Priceless education uh, with a rhino emoji a rocket emoji and a fire emoji. Ooh, that means it's a rhino on a rocket and there's a lot of fire in this one. Priceless education, five stars. This, this guy's, hold on a second. Somebody's got to go through a grammar lesson. This guys are always putting content out and delivering every week. Not only do I always get nuggets, but you guys make my drive time easy and entertaining. Thank you so much, Jose Mini. I appreciate that very much. Um, I think you meant these guys. But you know what? Listen, I do the same thing. I text message and I never, and I'll just like all voice text and, and it is what it is. I just let it ride. Sometimes it doesn't look yep. good. But anyway, I'm <laughs> grateful that you took the time to leave a, uh, a review and that you're listening to the podcast. So uh, all jokes aside, thank you for doing that. And of course, uh, if, say if you guys want to leave us a, a review, we certainly love that. And if, um, you know, if it's something that where Ryan said something that you want to leave a review for him, I love to share those things too. So if you leave a review and you mention Ryan, we'll make sure we get it over to him too. So that way he can uh, feel the love as well. But listen, I appreciate all you listening. Hopefully you got some nuggets you could take away from this. And I encourage you, you know, reach out to Ryan. You don't got to do everything he says, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. 
You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.